Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. G'day Fools, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer here in Australia and welcome to another episode of Motley Fool Stock of the Week, our premiere YouTube video series and an important feature of our Motley Fool Money podcast feed. So whether you're listening or watching this, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us as we pull back the curtain on one of the recommendations inside a Motley Fool service. Now, let me get the usual stuff out of the way, but again, remember, as I always say, it's important. It's not just boilerplate. So here we go. What we're going to share with you is general advice, not personal advice. We're going to share with you a buy recommendation from a Motley Fool service. We're going to ask you to consider whether it suits your personal circumstances. We can't give personal advice. We only say generally that we think a stock is a buy. Secondly, we are long-term investors. So when we say something's a buy, we think it's a buy over the long term. In other words, we expect the outperformance of this company to come over three to five, maybe even longer years. And in fact, if we're right, Hopefully that outperformance compounds over that period of time, but we're not making short-term price predictions. That's super, super, super important. Lastly, we do reserve the right to change our minds. So if you're listening to this or watching this sometime meaningfully after the 1st of March when we're recording it, we are in now in autumn, believe it or not, uh, make sure you remember that this was recorded then. And of course, our views may have changed. We don't tend to change them very frequently. Don't, we don't intend to change it very frequently either, but circumstances change. Price, business, circumstances, quality, all sorts of stuff can change. So again, it's a buy right now, but make sure you understand that that could change at some point. With all that out of the way, I'm bringing you a man who's going to tell us all about this stock. Motley Fool analyst extraordinaire, one of our cast of absolute rock star Motley Fool analysts, Benny O. G'day, Benny. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How you doing, Scott? Mate, I'm exceptionally well and all the better for speaking with you. Mate, uh, this is a company we're going to talk about called Whisper. The code is WSP. Now, if you haven't listened to or watched one of these before, we're going to tell you about the company. We're going to tell you why we like it. We're going to importantly share the risks of an investment in the company, and then we're going to wrap it up. As I do all of that, though, and before Benny gets into the Whisper story, my last bit of reminder, last bit of education, is remember that we ask you to be diversified as investors. We like every single one of the companies we recommend, or we wouldn't recommend them. We're also very aware, as famed fund manager Peter Lynch used to say, if you're good in this game, you're good about, you're right about six times out of 10. So Benny's bringing your stock he likes. I've done it before, the other analysts have done it before. Some of us will be wrong some of the time. That's the nature of stock picking. So again, make sure you're diversified. That's not about Whisper, that's about portfolio management. Let's talk about Whisper instead, Benny, and let's start by telling us what Whisper actually does. Sure, Scott. So Whisper is a SaaS company, software as a service company that provides a cloud-based communications platform. So mm-hmm. the platform actually allows enterprises, governments, organizations to effectively engage and communicate with their customers, employees, mm-hmm. as well as their communities. So it was founded in 2001 and it did list on the ASX in June 2019. Uh, but if I take a step back and talk about the setting the context, uh, in today's technology era, uh, we're seeing more and more people, they're living and working with more technology and digital solutions. Pretty and the last, two, the last two years have been significant, uh, especially a significant turning point for, for many large organizations, even small businesses. Mm. Uh, but mm. what's happened is, is the global pandemic has actually accelerated the need for digital transformation. And what we're seeing is there continues to be an ongoing trend for many organizations to improve not only their customer experience, but also their communication and engagement with both the mm. internal and external stakeholders. 
And, and as a result, you get Whisper in this particular position who's riding through this particular secular tailwind. And, and what it's doing is it's helping businesses across various industries uh, to quickly deploy, but also to manage these meaningful interactions with the right people at the right time and also in the end user's preferred communication method. And what I mean by that is that these messaging that on the platform that can be executed, they can be sent across multi-channel interactions. So think about your SMS, think about your emails, voice, video, WhatsApp, push notifications, the whole lot. And this is all done through a highly scalable, cost-effective and easy-to-use platform. So just to put some more context into this, some of the examples mm. of the use cases. Uh, so you've got customers like Disney using Whisper's platform, and they're using this to automate the onboarding and recruitment of the employees. You've got companies like Virgin Australia and Qantas. Uh, Virgin in particular is improving the operational efficiency through automated, uh, I guess, communications across multiple and different departments uh, in relation to staffing, logistics, major events. Uh, and you've got Australian government departments um, they're communicating about uh, the recent vaccine rollouts, but also they're providing timely messages to to the locals, to residents, and the communities about crisis communication. So, uh, for instance, right now we're having the flooding, so a lot of the communication can be sent in a timely and accurate manner to these local residents. But also recently with the bushfires and in New Zealand with earthquakes and to tsunamis. So there's a whole plethora of use cases and examples. And um, I can share more about this, about why I like it going forward. Excellent, love that. Yeah, it's so important, Benny, because look, it shouldn't be too hard to send a few text messages to a few people, even send a few emails to a few people. Uh, but combining that in a really useful way, excuse me, Combine that in a really useful way, scaling it, as you say, making it easier to do for those businesses and departments and agencies is a super important part of what Whisper does. And it just goes to remind us, I think, it reminds me certainly, that in this sort of environment, we've seen so much growth, uh, as you say, complexity when it comes to communication. We could just go back to the old ways and it would be really simple and Whisper wouldn't be required. But the value that's added by the ability to communicate in the way, the format, as you say, mate, the one that's more relevant or most relevant for the end user, super useful. And of course, for businesses, if you want to make a sale, if you want to retain a customer, if you want to uh, try and manage a customer's experience, or as you say, internal customers like new employees, getting it right, doing it properly, super, super valuable. So I love all that. Mate, let's go then to the investment because there are some wonderful businesses out there that make terrible investments. There are probably some great investments that aren't wonderful businesses, but in this case, we like both. So let's take us, I think part of, of course, the investment case is always the what it does, and that needs to be somewhat relevant. But tell me why you think, particularly right now, particularly at today's price, Whisper makes a market-beating potential investment. So I could probably point to many reasons, but probably the first one I can point to is probably around how the business consistently grows rapidly. And its differentiated business model is actually driving higher organic growth. Uh, so if I take a step back with over the last three years, its compounded annual growth rate for revenue is over 37%, which is phenomenal. Uh, and recently in its half year results, it continues to demonstrate an acceleration of this growth. So revenue grew 70% year on year oh. to $39 million oh. for the first half. Uh, and now it's reaching around $60 million in annualized recurring revenue. And this is up 26% year on year. But that's almost doubled within three years space. Uh, and not only this, this strong growth is actually translating into higher gross profit. And that's growing around 65%. So you can see it's that got consistent year on year and quarter and quarter growth, which is something we like to see. Uh, but what in particular is driving this growth is 
I believe, Whisper's differentiated model, which is through its um, flexible low-code to no-code platform. And this is what separates uh, Whisper from its competitors. So what this exactly means is that anyone, anyone across the business that uh, has this Whisper platform uh, across different departments can easily use this um, use the platform to, to use their simple drag and drop tools as opposed to the, the competitors out there that um, predominantly use or require end users to be in-house developers or have designer skills. And so that's typically more labor intensive, but also less cost efficient in my view. Um, but only that, what's more is that it continues to add new customers, but more impressively, its existing customer base is actually adopting more use cases and spending more on its platform over time. And I think that speaks really highly on the customer value pro proposition of its platform. And, and, and as such, uh, the company is actually generating a lot of impressive unit, uh, unit economics. Uh, and a few things that I can point to is probably around, it's really a low revenue car churn rate, which is around 1.8%, which is really, really low. And, and it continues to decline. And I think this demonstrates a very sticky and loyal customer base. But I guess to supplement this, it's got a net customer revenue retention of 122%. So what that exactly means is that um, what it implies is that even without attracting new customers, its existing customer base is growing more than 22% per annum, uh, which I, I think is phenomenal. Uh, and over the long term, I, I believe this is the, the key growth engine or the key uh, land and expand strategy that would actually be the key driver going for high organic growth. Um, that's the main. That's the first point. Uh, second point I'd probably point towards is probably around its large and fast-growing uh, um, market opportunities. So before I mentioned about digital transformation, um, this market is expected to reach US $1.4 trillion by 2027. And Whisper, it's, it's in the communication platform as a service market. And this market is, is expected to reach US $8 billion by 2025. So these are very, very large and substantial markets. And, and I think this gives Whisper a long runway of growth given where it's currently at and given where it's accelerating its growth. Uh, but I guess to, in addition to this, it's actually operating in three key geographic regions. Firstly, in Australia and New Zealand. It's dominating this space. It's got a strong market presence. Uh, it's actually generating around 85% of its total revenue within this uh, particular region. But um, it's got established blue chip customers. So think about your Australian government, your Australia Post, ANZ Bank. Uh, you've also got Chemist Warehouse, who went from one use case to six use cases within five-year time. Uh, and so this is all driven from a very, very strong channel partnership with Telstra, who's actually been generating a lot of the revenue or sales leads coming into Whisper. Secondly, it's also got a, a growing footprint in Asia. Uh, that is growing slowly and, and, and fast as well, but it's been impacted from pandemic recently due to a lot of delay in terms of the prioritization in, in, in the dig digitalization. That's slowly coming back up, but I think what's been a, a key dial in that market is it recently signed a landmark and transformational deal with Singtel, uh, which is Asia's leading tech giant, uh, a telco giant in my apologies. Um, but this is actually going to be a key driver in this Asian market going forward. If it can replicate what Telstra's helped with Whisper and if Singtel can generate in terms of that sales lead and channel partnership, that's actually going to make Asia a, a lucrative area or space. But 
the last region I'll, I'll like to point to, which is its most important and most largest opportunity, is in North America. So it's very small in terms of percentage of revenue at the current mark uh, at the at the present moment, but it's got a huge runway if it can succeed. So right now, it's strategically targeting four to five key personas and industries that is, I guess, focusing on an underserved small medium enterprise to small medium business um, uh, market. And this has a potential to tap into 150,000 customers. And the, the company estimates this is the market of around, I think it was $4.74 billion in the North American market alone, which is, is substantial. Um, but it's so far delivered double digit in revenue growth in our customer growth in, uh, in, in North America. So it's still a wait and see approach, but I think it's got huge uh, potential in this area. Uh, third point I'll probably point to is that the company is uh, a founder led business and it does have an aligned management team. And so the founder CEO, his name is Jeremy Wells. Him and his family have around a 14% stake in the business. And at today's current share price, that's worth around $30 million. And so he's a very visionary leader. He is he thinks long-term, but he's also got skin in the game. And more recently, uh, alongside him and the chairman and a non-executive director, they actually bought shares on market uh, of Whisper. So typically, companies would sell for one reason, but... Uh, they only buy for one reason. Oh, sorry, I'll repeat that again. Companies typically sell for many reasons, but they only buy for one reason, which is they believe that the company have a prosperous future. So I think that's a very, very a strong alignment with their shareholders. And the last point I think you talked to, why is this company a, a compelling uh, company in this current share price? It's currently got a very, very strong and attractive valuation. So there's been a massive pullback in its share price. It did raise capital at uh, $3.70 at the start of last year um, uh, to raise for this expansion into North America. It's currently trading at $1.60, but what happened in its AGM in November is that the management actually upgraded, uh, upgraded its guidance in terms of its revenue guidance. So revenue actually is now expected to be $66 million at the midpoint. And this represents an increase of 12% from its prior guidance, but also reflects a 35% year-on-year growth which is exceptional because the company keeps growing at 25 to 30% per annum. But if you are, after stripping out, they've got a strong balance sheet of $38 million, which is in net cash, so no debt. If you strip that all out, it's got a enterprise value to revenue multiple of less than three times. So that's a compelling uh, trading multiple, especially considering it's significantly lower than compared to its many of its peers with a similar growth profile. But in my view, I think this valuation actually provides a, an interesting entry point for investors given its revenue profile is actually uh, accelerating and it's got uh, impressive unit economics and it's actually got large market opportunities. Nice, man. That's a fantastic summary, mate. It's an impressive business growing quickly. As you say, uh, I assume by the fact you give me a, a price or an enterprise value to revenue model, it's not making money just yet, uh, but there is, as you say, it's hard to scale for that long without finally making money almost, almost, almost tripping over money. You've got, you've got to make money at some point given that sort of growth profile if it can continue. And I've got to mm -hmm. say, those numbers, while relatively small revenue-wise compared to the size of the potential market, I can see why investors are looking at this saying, hang on, if, the, if, the, if that market opportunity is real, if we can offer something different and unique, unusual, and keep those customers, you talked about the, the acquisition rate, i.e. the revenue growth rate, but also the net 
uh, revenue retention rate of 122%. It's doing something very right if the customers are hanging around and spending more and more customers are coming on besides. That's a, that's a pretty good growth story. I like it a lot. Mate, we're going to get into the risks in a sec. Before I do that, um, I want to share a couple of things. The first I want to share is, of course, our social platforms. I do this most weeks. If you're listening to this on Motley Full Money, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. Uh, while you're there, do subscribe to The Good Oil with Scott Phillips, our other podcast, where we talk to some of the experts, entrepreneurs, and executives uh, who are knowing what's getting done and getting it done themselves. Uh, really fascinating conversation with a whole lot of really cool people, uh, business leaders, CEOs, economists, even had a Bitcoin expert on recently. So if you're interested in finding out a bit more about Bitcoin, a bit of an entry-level version, don't listen for the uh, absolute high-level stuff, but the entry-level, hey, what's going on? How do I think about it? Really interesting chat there. Of course, if you are listening on the podcast, check out our YouTube channel as well. Just go to YouTube, search for The Motley Fool Australia, or if you prefer, just type in youtube.com slash C slash FoolAU. That's our channel's URL. You can get it there. If you are watching on YouTube, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. While you're there, please hit the subscribe button just below here and also the notification bell. So next time Benny's here or one of his super smart colleagues, you won't miss a thing from The Motley Fool. So make sure you hit that notification bell once you've subscribed. And of course, if you're listening to it on the podcast, jump over there as well. Jump onto the YouTube channel. If you're on YouTube, jump over to the podcast. Why wouldn't you want more Motley Fool for free? If you're looking for more good stuff on the podcast, uh, we have episodes every week. We have a, a kind of a what's on in the news uh, episode and also a Q&A mailbag episode. Uh, on the YouTube channel, we have lots of stuff, including this episode, Stock of the Week, every week. We have Stocks in Focus. We also do uh, media appearances. We do our favorite investing books. Lots of great stuff. And a by the way, as I said, it's free. Why wouldn't you? So do all that. Also, while you're here, uh, jump on the other social platforms. Facebook, we're there, The Motley Fool Australia, or I'm Scott Phillips Money on Facebook. Jump on Twitter or Instagram. You can get me at TMF Scott P on both, and you can get The Motley Fool at The Motley Fool AU on both. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Let's get to the risks. And we do this because we think it's important. We always tell our members every single time we make a recommendation why we like the company, why we think it's going to be a market beater, but also we make sure we don't just sell one side of the story. We want our members to know what could go wrong, what we're watching out for, what could break our thesis or simply hurt the returns based on current valuation and current expectations. So let's do that for Whisper, mate. Let's get down into the weeds. What are some of the reasons Whisper might not end up being a market beating recommendation? So you, you said it well before, um, Whisper is currently not yet profitable. Uh, it is growing rapidly in terms of its revenue growth, but its mm. cost is also climbing up as yeah. well. So in the last 12 months, I mentioned it's been doubling down on investments and it's been spending heavily to accelerate its growth, scale its business and expand into North America. So while the company has previously posted positive cash flow, mm. it is currently burning through a lot of cash. Uh, and this is definitely not favorable uh, in the current negative market environment. Yeah, right. Um, so I think it needs to regain uh, a, a more stronger and positive sentiment. And I think to do this, it needs to demonstrate to investors that the company can continue to deliver operating leverage and economies of scale. So if it can do this positively, um, I think management has a good stance at uh, reviving its share price. But management has also stated recently that the investments are now largely complete. So the okay. cost base has been look, look to be normalized. Mm-hmm. And so their focus now is driving productivity, efficiency, and management has actually uh, expressively said it's got to now a line of sight to break even within two mm-hmm. years. 
So if it if that particular I guess trajectory does not pan out as expected, mm. I think it's worthwhile to reassess Whisper as a as an investment. Uh, secondly, um, I think the the key theme moving forward from this half year results is a lot of companies that you should be for, uh, well a lot of themes that you should be looking at for companies is potential capital raises. So for aggressive high tech growth companies such as Whisper. You kind of need the market on your side. So what I mean by that is that for a company that's burning through a lot of cash, it will eventually need to resort to equity markets to raise capital again. So mm-hmm. the company needs to maintain a, in my view, strong cost discipline while it's continuing its accelerating growth, and this will need to be regaining a lot of investor confidence. So management highlighted it doesn't plan to raise capital to fund its existing. Uh, I guess a growth expansion in strategy. However, I think this can't be ruled out entirely. Mm. Uh, I think the third point is um, while North America is such a large and significant market for Whisper, it's also a very high competitive market. Mm. So Whisper is investing heavily to expand in this region. However, we've seen a lot of Australian companies who have tried or attempted to to touch into this uncharted territory with mixed success. Uh, there are some uh, some some positive companies that have been able to be successful in this space, but in a large scheme of things, it's been a mixed bag in terms of the success stories. Uh, but if Whisper is successful, I think the sheer size of the market could result in huge gains for investors. However, there is a probability that it proves to be unsuccessful, and if that's the case, I think it would re- uh, dramatically reduce the company's. Um, growth potential in the future, mm. as well as its target addressable market. So I think this is something investors should consider, uh, and there's something you should be watching closely to see how the company progresses, particularly with its um, international expansion. Nice one, Benny. You've put a, done a nice case, uh, done a nice job. Let me spit that out of addressing both the bull case and the reasons why it may not be fulfilled. But certainly, a, an exciting and impressive business, and it's hard to look at the track record thus far and and write it off. It makes sense, particularly as you say, when the share price has come down so far. Did a nice job raising capital, by the way, previously. So uh, big tick for management there. They managed to get to a pretty good price relative to what actually then subsequently happened. Not that anyone could have known what was happening next, but they've done very, very nicely. And as you say, business continues to, to grow nicely, not without those risks. Mate, sum it up for us. Give us the uh, the patented Motley Fool elevator pitch, level one to level 31 or so, in 60 or 30 seconds. Why should our listeners and viewers consider buying shares in Whisper? So in my view, I think Whisper continues to grow rapidly. Its uh, low-code to no-code platform is actually adding record number of customers. But more impressively, the existing customer base is actually increasing the usage on the platform. Um, It it has a large and growing market opportunities, and it's got compelling secular tailwinds. Uh, While the company has been investing heavily and burning through cash, um, it does have a strong balance sheet of $38 million in cash and no debt. Um, management has upgraded its fiscal year guidance from 23% to around 35 to 38% year on year for FY22. And I think it's on track to meet or exceed this uh, coming up. And, and overall, I think while Whisper is an investment with high risk, uh, there is volatility that is expected in the near term. But at the current share price, it does provide an interesting and compelling entry point for investors that tend to have higher risk or longer term investment horizons. There you go, fools. You've heard it straight from Benny, who makes a very compelling, very succinct case as to why you should consider putting Whisper on your potential buy list, or at very least, on the watch list. Keep an eye on that one, because it certainly is performing as a business quite nicely. The ASX code, again, is WSP. 
P on the ASX. Benny, thank you for sharing your time and expertise with us. Uh, viewers and listeners, thank you for spending some time with us as well. We know you could do anything else with your time and that you've decided to spend some of that with us. We very much appreciate. I'm absolutely biased, but I reckon you've probably got more value than you've put into this one, hopefully, uh, because Benny has done a wonderful job of outlining the investment case for Whisper. Make sure you do subscribe to either the podcast feed or the YouTube feed, or both, if you're so inclined, so you don't miss the next Motley Fool Stock of the Week episode. And by the way, this Friday coming, Stocks in Focus. Plenty of good stuff coming up on YouTube and plenty of good stuff, a regular Motley Fool on the Money episode on Friday and a Marbag episode on Sunday. So now is the time. Subscribe to the feed of either the podcast or the YouTube channel. On behalf of Benny, myself, and the whole Motley Fool investment team and the Motley Fool team more broadly, until next time, full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.